In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Have you ever been to the desert? It's a very dry, sun-scorched, barren place. And for exhausted travelers in that desolate desert, the optical illusion of mirages. Mirages can distort their vision so that the mind more easily sees what it wants to see. On earth, our life is frequently like a desert journey of trial and hardship. We must beware of spiritual mirages, especially the mirages which are the three temptations in today's gospel. Turn these stones into bread. The devil's first temptation is the mirage of sensuality, intemperance such as gluttony and lust, as well as more subtle forms of self-indulgence, like curiosity to know everything about everyone, Self-indulgence like vanity, which exaggerates our own self-image. Beware of the temptation of sensuality, especially when you feel stressed or you feel burnt out. Just a spoonful of spiritual reading each day. A little bit of spiritual reading will unmask that mirage of false pleasure. A little spiritual reading will remind you of reality and will nourish your soul with true refreshment. Because as Jesus tells us today, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word which comes from the mouth of God. The second temptation, cast yourself down from on high and his angels will bear you up. This second temptation is the mirage of presumption. Presumption is the temptation to make up our own philosophy of religion in order to suit ourselves, in order to suit our own interests and our own emotional caprices. We see this far and wide in our world today. Instead of living the truth which God has spoken to us in scripture and tradition of the church, we children dare to presume that we can dictate to God our Father just how our relationship should be with him. And this presumption justifies this incredibly upside-down behavior, which forces the infinite God into the tiny restrictions of our human comfort zone. And we have all heard this presumption before. Things like, well, God is good and forgiving. He will bring us all to heaven in the end, no matter what. So feel free to do now as you want. You can't do too much. Every religion is the same. It doesn't really matter what you believe. God understands. He knows I, I pray. Well, we've all heard this presumption before and such colossal presumption about us daring to dictate how we should worship God This colossal presumption of what we think God should do, this leads to complete indifference toward God, and thus we see so many churches emptying today. And the Gospels, Jesus is telling us clearly what we must do for salvation, and we must never water it down. Although for people who are new, 
we must spoon feed them. First with a little spoon, and then with a larger spoon in time, once they get more accustomed to it. So let's not demean, let's not depreciate the divine truth and charity, for which countless martyrs have given their lives in imitation of Christ crucified. And the third temptation, which we find in the spiritual desert of life, we can call it the mirage of infidelity. In baptism, we receive the gift of faith. Faith which makes us inheritors to the city of God in heaven. But the unfaithful soul decides to give up on the heavenly Jerusalem. The unfaithful soul chooses rather to live only for the city of man, the world of Hollywood and Vegas. Temptation to infidelity not only includes greediness of worldly possessions, but the unfaithful prefer the political correctness of popular opinion to the truth of God. Giving into human respect, they simply go along with the flow. We may be tempted to judge our family members or friends by purely worldly criteria instead of appreciating their spiritual qualities, as if our spouse's career success or the children's academic or extra activities were more important than their spiritual progress toward heaven, heaven our only true home. So let's beware of that temptation. Heaven is the only success that really matters in the end. So there we have it. Sensuality, presumption, and infidelity. We constantly encounter these three types of temptations in the desert of life. And how many times the self-centered pride, which is at the root of all such temptations, pride deceives us like a mirage in the desert. You see, and this is very important, Pride taints and distorts our perception of the people and the situations in our lives. Kind of like a cracked lens in your binoculars or like the pieces of a broken mirror. Pride does that to us such that we lose the objective perspective of how things really are in reality because we only see what our slanted, self-centered viewpoint allows us to see. And so we criticize in others what we overlook in ourselves. Pride makes us overly sensitive. We insist on one point to the detriment of the whole picture. We're only looking at that one little broken piece of the mirror, which our pride has dashed into many, many pieces. How many times we judge people on mere appearances, judging the conclusions without foundation? If only we would put ourselves in our neighbor's shoes for just a moment. We would better understand the objective reality of the whole situation and how we may be mishandling it because of our slanted view, because of our prideful insistence that things must be this way. Well, dear friends, we have a new chance. Lent is the time to refocus spiritually, to put your life in perspective, to put all those pieces of the mirror back together. So re-examine yourself by God's standards, not by those of the world. Does our self-centeredness 
give us a twisted view of reality? Does selfishness make us overlook the needs of people around us? Does our pride make it very hard for people to live and work with us? This Lent, let us be true to ourselves. Let's unmask the mirages which manipulates our lives. Let's do ourselves a favor and do a favor to everyone around us and open up our eyes to our own reality and face the truth, as hard as it might be, trusting in God's grace and mercy to help us along. Look carefully at your actions to see how each action helps or hurts your neighbor. Be outgoing to your neighbor in charity. And this contact with your neighbor will give you a better perspective on your life. Helping others helps you to see your situation in a more objective manner. But self-centeredness makes us withdraw from the true reality of things into the rather imaginary world of our own subjectivity. So don't be content with being the person you think you are, but by God's grace, try harder to be that person that God really wants you to be. And this, my friends, is why Jesus, the merciful Jesus, gave us the sacrament of penance. Confession corrects the exaggerated view we have of ourselves and the tainted way we look at others. The grace in the confessional helps you to see yourself as God sees you. And that grace in the confessional helps you to put all the pieces of that mirror back together. Like spiritual short-sightedness, the opposite extreme of scrupulosity. Scrupulosity sees big problems where there are little or none. Scruples are a dangerous mirage of self-centeredness. We lose sight of God by an exaggerated focus on ourselves and on our own sense of spiritual satisfaction. So have faith in God and show faith in God by not second-guessing yourself with complicated skepticism. Cooperate with His grace. With childlike simplicity, have confidence in divine grace and trust in the God who loves you more than you could possibly imagine and who knows your good intentions and who will never allow you to go astray. And so this Lent, let us make every effort to sanctify our souls by prayer, penance, confession, and by acts of charity toward our neighbor. Your good example can raise awareness, one person at a time. Raise awareness of our society's spiritual duties to God. Bring hope to others by reminding them that the true purpose of our life here on earth is to earn entrance into heaven. So for the sake of your children and your family, for the sake of our world, for the sake of the peace, conversion, and the consecration of Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, as Our Lady requested at Fatima, for the sake of all that you hold dear in life, you must make every effort to make a good Lent, to make this the best Lent you've ever had. So much is at stake. It's up to you to overcome your vices with virtue, to overcome evil by doing good, to remain vigilant in prayer, and to be constant 
in your spiritual reading. Because your future and the future of all of us depends on how serious an effort you make this Lent. We are all in this together, in this great family of the Church, on the journey. So my friends, Lent is short. Don't waste grace. Use your time well. Plan ahead. Keep your head in the game. And then after you will have passed through the desert of this life, under the safe protection of Jesus, Mary, and our guardian angel, you may reach the promised land of heaven. And there, together with all of those souls who are entrusted to your care, there in heaven, we shall all be reunited in the peace and the joy of the family of God. And there we will understand that it was all worth it. Every sacrifice, every prayer, every hardship was well worth it to see God face to face and that perfect vision, and to see all the angels and the saints together with him for one very long and one very happy eternity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.